from the twisted realm of science and the darkest pits of reason comes chilling tales of godlessness. Bear witness to the unfathomable terror that is The Good Atheist. Welcome to the GoodAtheist.net bonus podcast. My name is Jacob Forte. And I'm Ryan Harkness. Welcome to episode 71 for all you uh, patrons out there keeping score. Uh, speaking of which, just before we start the show, I have to make a bit of a five-second like announcement. It's not a huge one, uh, but it's basically after this week, the bonus show will be in a different patron system. What that means is that you're going to have to go to the site, and you're going to have to register, and... Uh, because we're, we're, we're creating that new membership site thing to just fucking manage it properly. It'll allow people who want to become members to just literally do so, like, you know, it's one click, you get it immediately. It's just an awesome system. But we're going to get rid of this feed. So by the time you're listening to this, because some people don't listen to it right away, we may have already moved to that feed, so you got to go this on. This will be the last show that goes up on, on, on the old feed. So basically, go to the website. It'll have all the information you need, and it'll also be much prettier. That's yeah. the key thing. This is so part of the uh, the 2.0. Is it the 2.0? Have you not changed? This one is 2.0, yeah. Are you sure this is not like there wasn't a good atheist design before that current one? Oh, well, you got to understand, back in the fucking, like, way long ago, I used to change, like, every week. But that's back when you had, like, what, five people visiting a day. Mm. <laughs> I could never, I could never pick a theme or a look that I would uh, that I was happy with until now so that is happening so the the the, the thing I've been working on for like ever remember when I was saying oh big things are happening on the site yeah well I wasn't full of shit <laughs> they are happening and uh we we want to make sure that you guys are aware of it now the thing is when you create your account all you'll have to do is I'll just cross reference that to my list that I have of people that are all paid up and and, and the dues and uh, everybody else who is expired well the, the the you know you'll have to create an account you don't have to sign back on if you don't want but you will not have access to end of the, the free shows. ride for you end <laughs> of the free ride cool thing is though that even if you don't want to support for another year if you're a subscriber that means you just go on and you create an account uh you'll still get bonus shows occasionally because i'm still going to be giving lots of stuff away because, uh, you know, my, my, my philosophy is basically you don't need to keep everything behind a patron wall. You just have to get, you know, entice people enough and then they'll just give you money. So uh, y you will still have a bit of your crack, but uh, it's, it's, being, it's being tweaked. It's being tweaked. <laughs> We're adding more baking soda to this crack. <laughs> All right, today's show, uh, we're going to be talking about, I'm sure everybody is aware of this, and it's like, a, you know, how can you not be? Kentucky wants to build a $150 million gigantic Noah's Ark playland. Uh, we'll also be talking about this awesome uh, little article that, uh, that, uh, that made me think about, uh, remember last show you were just saying, oh, well, I'm fine with Jesus, and this, uh, this hilarious post on uh, dwindling in unbelief. Made it 50 reasons why you should dislike Jesus, and it's, it's good enough to talk about. We'll, I'll, I'll highlight the ones that I really like. Uh, we'll also be talking about a kid who thinks that he can talk to God and charge you money for it. Uh, before, but before we start the show, I want to talk about a book I got in the mail. Man, uh, let, me, let me tell you what the book is. Where is it? Oh, here it is. I'm going to have to edit that. Okay, the uh, book is called 2008 God's Final Witness. See, at first I thought it was actually like, I don't know, a book on 
uh, crazy evangelicals, but this is actually a book by a crazy evangelical. Yeah, we got mailed our first crazy evangelical uh, repent the end is near book. Yeah, yeah. Like just completely unsolicited with no knowledge of who the fuck these people are, just out of the blue. No, they didn't communicate with me beforehand to find out my address, but it's available on the site in terms of a mailing address, so it's not like it was too hard. But they, they had to take the effort... These crazy people had to take the effort to try to send me one of those. Just so that you could know that the world is going to end on May 27th, 2012. Right. This is an important thing to uh, remember. Uh, you, you remember how I said before where I wanted to make that uh, the, the Good Atheist calendar again for 2012? Mm-hmm. I thought to myself, I need to gather every single date that these uh, 2012 end-of-the-world people say, because I think I want every single date that's posted by whatever fucking crazy bastards... At least get the ones like the five that the Jehovah's Witnesses said. Right. Because those are pretty major. Yeah, they are pretty major. Like, I mean, if you count every single whack-nut cult's... Well, uh, just the bigger ones. The bigger ones. The ones that at least print out books, give free copies. You know, you need to have some funding. Money's got to come from somewhere, man, so they don't just fucking... uh, Books don't grow on trees, although they are made of trees. <laughs> uh, so technically, books do grow. They don't grow on trees. They are trees. <laughs> um, here's a couple of things I do want to talk about, which I just felt was uh, was awesome. Now we'll we'll probably we'll we'll go through and we'll read this more. Uh, and probably do a show later on about it, because it's got a lot of things. Basically, this book is an interpretation, a modern interpretation of the book of Revelation. All right? Uh, we mentioned that also last show, where we were talking about how just how crazy it is. Now, if you've never read the book of Revelation, uh, or you've only skimmed it, I really think it's worth going back and do, taking a second look. We'll do a show only on the book of Revelation, and we're probably going to use... Uh, you know, some excerpts from this book and, and the interpretation of some crazies and what they think it means in modern times. But uh, suffice to say that there's plenty, if you want to just endlessly be able to write speculative, paranoid bullshit, uh, you'll never run out of stuff with the book of Revelation. Because you can always look at any time in history and apply everything they always say to their supposed prophecies. Oh, um, the book of Revelation is a total acid trip, and it's got all this numerology in it and stuff like that. Oh, yeah, people, seven people, horns. People and go fucking, crazy about that oh, shit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're very heavy on the uh, on that shit. But before before we, uh, uh, we we actually rip this guy a new one, that's I think that's for another show, there was one thing that kind of fascinated me when I was trying to read his opening argument to why he's the true church or or what kind of Christianity and that kind of stuff is the right one. Because he starts asking some questions saying, well, the majority of people don't believe even in a Christian God. And of those, some of them are kind of similar to the faith. Some of them are very different. What's the deal with that shit, right? So he's trying to answer that. And it's really funny because when you read the answer, and this is what I love about religious people, when you read the answer, it sounds right, right up until the end. Because they'll say things like, well, no, these religions are incompatible and they don't worship the same God and beliefs and doctrine represents different teachings about God. And all these other very, very... Sounds pretty reasonable. That sounds really reasonable. And then they're just like at one point says, well, okay, well, you need to understand what the real story is behind God. Uh, now you're starting to be like, okay, well, uh, well, 
you know, what is the real story here? And then he just starts saying, like, you see, the angel was talking to you, like, okay, <laughs> that's well, he, it. He was specifically Ooh. talking to angels? Yeah. Well, there's there's a part where which talks about that he tries to go into a long list of when Abraham's tribe started to break up because they have kind of an obsession with the, 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 the genetic component of who are the children of Israel, uh, which I guess is really important to people because it's another numerology thing, right? The 12 tribes of Israel, everybody's fucking descended from them or whatever. But here, here's basically where the, the line which, which loses you. Um, he says, well, you know, how could they have these deeply held beliefs that are different? A messenger of God came to Hagar by a fountain in, in, uh, of water in the wilderness of Shur. Okay, stop right now. What the fuck are you talking about here? <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, it's just mentioning all these other beliefs are wrong, and the story is this angel talked to one of our dudes, and uh, and we have the true religion. So because the angel talked to the right people, and we listened to those guys, but discount is, all the other true. stories where angels talk to other people that contradict what my angel says. Right, because those angels are you know wrong. And that's about it. There's nothing else you can offer in terms of evidence. So I feel very, I'm happy. I got to tell you, I feel like I'm making it to some degree. You know what I mean? We're gonna make it after all. Yeah. And you need uh, you need crazy people sending you books to feel as though you're just connected. Yeah. Connected. Um, another little bit of news is some of you knew I was taking part in the uh, Movember uh, charity for prostate cancer. I've managed to raise up uh, about over 200 bucks, and that's uh, that's all thanks to you guys. So thank you, everybody that donated. I didn't actually think that we'd uh, put up that much money because, uh, you know, we're small fry. And all, what percentage of people who already donate you money are going to donate to cause causes that you want them to donate to? Yeah. I'm tapping a fucking dry well here. You're knocking twice on everyone's door. <laughs> I am knocking twice. So uh, the numbers came in for November, and they were all happy. The organizers felt like it's like the biggest year so far. I and saw a lot of people running around with November mustaches. Like yeah. just just even indirectly, you would you would see stuff on television, and somebody who normally did not have a mustache. I'm not talking about in like actual sitcoms or anything, but just just like personalities and people and and celebrities and people out there, they would they would be going through it. They would be doing it. Yeah, and you know what was what was surprising? Because um, they were they were showing the numbers for how many people participated per country. So the top three countries that participated is Canada, Australia, and the U.K. Uh, and of those, Australia had the most, but Canada actually had uh, raised the most money. So we, uh, I suppose we were more efficient, A. Eh? But uh, maybe we cheated because I'm sure that most of you who donated are probably not Canadian, so I just uh, I gamed the system. Uh, and the U.S. only had about 64,000 people that participated. They They raised... Uh, a fraction of what uh, of, of what the big three raised, and I was kind of surprised. I hope that next year it kind of gets bigger in the U.S. That's uh, it would be a big help if if it really did. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. that's it's kind of 129,000 for a country the size of Australia is pretty impressive when you look at how many people have to participate and, and what uh, the population of, of that country. Yeah, exactly, is. exactly. But when you have a country like the U.S. that's literally ten times bigger. You know, you would hope that they would have 600,000 people participating in it. You know, that would be really uh, an amazing thing. So hopefully the U.S. 
wake up. This is a pretty good charity. And like I said, one thing I liked about it is that they're raising money to fucking f- fight it with science. Maybe that's why it's not really popular in the U.S. because it's, uh, it's about science. Well, people don't believe in genomes down there. No. <laughs> don't attack the genomes. They're not real. You can't sequence what God did. Fucking God made the genome. Uh, speaking about uh, God making things, Kentucky is, uh, making, is really distinguishing itself, I feel, to some degree in the pantheon of irrational, backwards uh, states. It already home uh, is the house of the Creation Museum, so that, uh, that already doesn't uh, look too good on its resume, but now it wants to add more. It wants to add a $150 million giganto Noah's uh, Ark Playland. When I, ta- when I talk about giganto, I mean, you saw the drawings, right? Yeah, this, this thing, it's, it's like on a, 100 acres of land. The drawings that they have here, the artistic recreations, is, is, is it shows like the entire fucking valley. And on one end, there's a huge amphitheater, and like next to it is a gigantic pond, and over on the side is a lake. And then they have a motherfucking gigantic arc. They want to build, I don't, I don't know. To scale. To scale, quote unquote. And they also, they also. Concept, but it's a giant yeah. fucking arc. They're literally going to build a giant arc out of wood. It, look, I, I'll tell you the truth. Even though it's the dumbest thing I've ever seen. The whole thing is looks pretty awesome. <laughs> they, it was funny because, you know, I, I went on a lot of uh, sites and there was speculation about how much they estimate that they'll be able to bring in. And obviously on the high end, they're like, this will make $500 million worth of money. And you're just like, slow down, Chifo. Well, slow down before even that because they, looking at the photos, I mean, one of the other things that's uh, part of the construction plan is a Tower of Babel and a walled city. And I was just looking at it. And thinking they want to do this for 150 million dollars, I don't even think they're going to finish the arc for 150 million dollars. Especially if they want to do it uh, their own way, which is to try and be as accurate and close to the tools, the biblical tools that would have made the arc. And I'm just like, don't use those tools seriously. Uh, you're going to build something that's really dangerous. Well, hey, if Noah and his kids could do it. Right, that's the wrong way to go about it. I like how they wanted this whole thing to have actual live animals. My argument was, if you try to fit them in that arc, then you realize the logistics of it are impossible. Well, I just worry about if if they want to do it in some kind of zoo functionality, then you've got a whole bunch of animals in they want relative, giraffes, relatively close confinement in, in, in an area that's obviously not going to be suited for them. It's going to be a wooden arc. They're going to make animals live in a wooden arc? I certainly hope not. Uh, that would be considered a kind of animal torture so uh they if they're smart they'll go animatronic because <laughs> only in the fantasy land uh of animatronics can you hope to manage these kinds of animals in such confined spaces with human beings nevertheless oogling them yeah mm. yeah put put yourself in their shoes for five seconds you like that huh you want to be put in a tiny tiny ass room surrounded by your own filth i mean if it's if it's built with the kind of technology they had back then, do you think that shit was going to be ventilated? A day's work, a day's worth of animal shit, and you're never going to get that smell out of your ark. You hear me? Never. <laughs> your ark will forever smell like rhinoceros poo. Well, that would it. be that would be accurate if the whole ark story had any semblance of truth. Well, to 150 it days. That's a long time, man. 150 days. It's a powerful stench you're going to have to recreate. <laughs> a powerful stench. Now, you Biblical were, stench. You were kind of pissed off at this because of the aspect of, uh, of the state giving tax kickbacks to have this built. Right, exactly. Because, I mean, if you're... 
any business that can uh, prove that it can, you know, generate a certain amount of income is entitled to kind of tax incentives. But my problem with this is that this is literally religious propaganda, and the kinds of tax incentives that they would be receiving would be upwards to, of $37 million. Uh, and that comes directly from taxpayer pockets. So yeah, if they turn around well, and say, well, well, the, argue, no, the argument no, no, here no, is it's going to make back its money. But that's the, the real problem here is that it's a, gray, it's a huge gray zone uh, in terms of that whole separation of church and state. Because how, how, if you wanted to just basically um, say contravene these kinds of rules, then why wouldn't you just hire a private company to build your religious propaganda as a religion claim it's for business because it's going to make money, and then ask the state for a write-off, essentially. This is, this is my problem with it. This is, re this is religion. This is religion. This is, this is nothing more than a religiously inspired fucking playland. And I'm like, you can build it, but fuck your tax incentives. Well, I mean, here's the thing. It's not money directly out of the taxpayers' pockets because it's not like the taxpayers are, are paying money, which then goes to this organization. They are applying for, for tax deductions that come for any organization build, or group building an entertainment complex like this in that state, whether it be religious or whether it be anything else. So they are just applying for the same kind of things that anybody else could get in that situation. And their whole point is, regardless of the fact that the, the, the theme is religion, it doesn't make a difference. It doesn't matter what the theme is. It could be Pirates of the Caribbean. It could be fucking uh, Raiders of the Ark. But my point, it doesn't my, matter. My point still holds that why couldn't religion now hire private companies to benefit, like uh, you know, the constructions of of their uh, you know of their bookstores and and, and coffee shops and all this other kind of thing, where where all of a sudden you're saying, well. The the money behind it is 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 iffy. It's coming probably uh, a like uh, all this money is probably going to be coming from religious organizations. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it has the un it has the unmistakable stamp of this. Sure. To, to pussyfoot around it, and all of a sudden, what I'm saying is you're creating a a nightmare scenario. I know where other where uh, where 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 you're just opening the door for for this bullshit. That's my problem with it. I, the door is already open because the like all companies get these fucking bullshit tax deductions. So the door is already wide open. Religion's just walking in with this monument to ignorance. And it truth, is really a monument. And truth to be told, ignorance. I don't have a problem with it because you're an idiot. <laughs> That's why. Yeah. Well, look at it like this. Uh, you know, America is a country with a bunch of different cultures. It's semi. They don't want to admit that they're multicultural because they they want to just have their own culture. Uh, but it's a multicultural place. They're allowed to have their own fucking culture. Let them build this massive uh, monument to ignorance. I will find it hilarious. I would love to go. <laughs> because I want to see what their what their Middle Eastern first century village is going to be like. I'm like, are you going to re re reenact stonings and uh, slaves being traded at midday? Because hmm. uh, uh, otherwise, I have this feeling that you're going to be giving like that whole Sunday school version of what it was like during. Bible times. I'm sure Yay! they will. I'm sure just like the Creation Museum and also, what was it, uh, Jesus Town? What was the deal with uh, that place where uh, where they had the recreation of, uh, like, every day at, at 3 p at like noon, 3 and 5, they have the crucifixion of Jesus oh, as I a show? Oh, I what the hell that place it, is It's called. just another, you know, religious theme park thing. It's like, who? There's a whole bunch of these. Rednecks have money to spend, apparently. and And they all sound like an absolute hoot because... Let's face it, they're practically doing our jobs for us. Anybody that goes and checks this out 
if they don't walk away realizing what a crocodile is, then uh, there's no hope anyway. They do raise them. the stakes of uh, of that ignorance. Though I gotta admit, they fucking raise the stakes. Now let me ask you this: Where's our fucking theme park? And I don't mean that in a "Where's our theme park, Kentucky? When are you gonna build an atheist?" I'm just talking about. This is built by a group called Answers in Genesis, and they're an apologetics ministry that believes the world is only 7,000 years old and that dinosaurs roamed the earth at the same time as yeah, Christ. Yeah, they're, the, they're the creation museum owners. That's them. This group gets a $150 million, 100-acre theme park of... 160-acre, I guess. It, it, it's, it's ridiculous. It's, just, it's a gigantic monstrosity, and they get this, and it's not the first one. They've also got Jesus Town, and they've also got the Creation Museum. So where's our fucking theme park? Why do these stupid little organizations, this, uh, the, these, these groups of, of idiots, get these massive fucking parks? Because they have an army of idiot zombies that gives them all of their hard-earned cash. How little they have, they will give it to these organizations because they have been deluded into believing that this is their duty. So when a person actually believes that it's their duty to do something like that, they'll do it no matter how stupid it is. That's what's so depressing about it. Now you're asking, hey, all intelligent people who are very careful about how they spend money, uh, send us your thousands of dollars for our wacky ideas. You can't get them to do that. People are usually hard-nosed skeptics about everything except for when it comes to this one fundamental thing, which is what you believe. Well, you know, I suddenly realized, where's our, where's our theme park? We, we have, have lots of them. Yeah, Museums <laughs> and, and theme parks. <laughs> yeah, an atheist theme park is just like the Six Flags. Who gives yeah. a shit? There's no God there. There's just, just roller fun. coasters, and they're better. Just fun. Yeah. Um, we, ha we do have uh, temples, quote-unquote, of, uh, of, of knowledge, but... Uh, they're just let's say they're not as gaudy. They're not they're, they're not, not as, as they're gaudy. not as cool because again, I encourage you all to go to the website, uh check out the pictures of this thing. Uh, it's pretty badass. If it actually happens and again, this is this is my contention of what's going to happen if it, if it moves forward is that they're going to get like a third done for the amount of money that they have and it's not going to bring in what they thought it would. That's that's my guess. Well, it's hard to say because, you know, everybody kind of laugh at the Creation Museum saying it's going to not make money, and then it just makes a shitload of money. Yeah, so. well, you know, part of the stats, like they did like a whole, you know, research thing uh, to, to check out the profitability of it. And they said, well, we're within, uh, we're within a day's drive of like two-thirds of America. So it puts them in a pretty good fucking position to just catch people passing through. Yep, catch all the Bible belters passing through, visiting family, vacationing in ignorance. Uh, they'll definitely they'll they'll clean up. I don't doubt that they're going to make money. Ignorance is on the rise, my friend. It's not on the way down. And, and just as far as just buttressing my I don't care about this uh, issue, it's going to bring 900 uh, jobs to the to the region. And I'm like, honestly, this isn't a threat to atheism. Uh, it's stupid, but uh, you know, America needs jobs more than uh, it needs arguments about whether or not uh, the, these Christians should be allowed to build a retarded theme park. They should be perfectly allowed to. Saying, don't let them do this or don't give them kickbacks is, to me, almost the same as, uh, well, it's in the same ballpark as telling Muslims not to build a fucking thing near Ground Zero. I just hope that one day we can just uh, not have idiots building uh, temples of, uh, of stupidity. Well, there'll be museums of a different sort down the road. 
<laughs> People will look back and say, see how stupid we used to be? Oh, I don't think we're going to have the opportunity to look back and say that. I think we'll still be in that zone. All right, let's move on. Let's talk about this uh, this article that appeared uh, in that blog I was mentioning. The, the, the link is on the site, so uh, go to it. It's a really good article. I think it... I think it's uh, every person should memorize most of the list of why you shouldn't like Jesus. Because for one, I'm sick and tired of people saying the stuff that, like, say Ryan says once in a while, which is, I don't have a problem with the guy. I'm like, no, you really need to have a problem with him. Everybody that tries to sell you the, oh, he's a great guy argument, um, let's, let's, let's have a scenario. Let's pretend you, ha- you have this one guy, and he's, he's so friendly. He's always, oh, he's, he's, he's bringing you drinks or whatever, and he's, he's helping you move. And then the next day... He shows up and he's like, okay, where's my money? Where's my fucking money? And if you don't pay my money uh, or you don't do what I say, um, you're going to be suffering eternally. You're just like, what the fuck is going on? He, 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 he did what? He helped me move? <laughs> and, now he's, and now he's just basically decided that he's going to rule your life. He's like a Charles Manson-like this character. Is, this is an interesting situation, but continue. And, and I would say that... Isn't that an extreme view of looking at, say, a, a character such as Jesus? And I'm saying, like, okay, not if you really, uh, not if you really read the Bible. Specifically, if if you really pay attention to what some of the things that he said, say, about family, about marriage, about snake handling, about uh, uh, and and all the things that are prophesied that he will do in Revelation. This is a particular importance here because I could get a lot of people say, oh, it's just allegory and don't worry about it. I'm sorry. When essentially the imagery is that he's coming with a scythe? Is that what they're called? I don't know. Well, it is a scythe, but scythe. Is, is he coming with one? Yeah, he's coming with one to chop off people's heads and to fucking put him through a wine press until blood comes out. I'm talking some scary shit like a sword coming out of his mouth. Yeah, this is this is the imagery in the book of Revelation. You can say, oh, well, that's just allegory. I'm like, I'm sorry. These are the actions of your God. He's coming here to kill the majority of people on this planet. He's not coming to love them or hug them, okay? He's come to slaughter them. So, yeah, you kind of have to have that, that attitude of saying, like, whoa, what the fuck? Your so-called, uh, you know, gentle dude uh, looks like he has a pretty fucking dark side to him. So I put I put together three of the ones that I really like from the site because we're not going to talk about all fucking fifty. It's up to you to go read it, people. I'm not I'm not fucking reading it for you. Uh, the ones that I loved in particularly <laughs> is how he criticizes the Pharisees. That's the uh, the, the preachers uh, of not killing the parent cursing children. <laughs> so in Mark seven uh, chapter seven verse ten he says God commanded saying honor thy father and mother and he that curses mother and, uh, father and mother let him die the death. <laughs> so uh, the other one is as Moses says honor thy father and thy mother and whoever, whoso curseth father and mother let him die the death so it's, it's said twice Matthew and Mark yeah so the, whole, the whole thing basically ties it all back into you know the Bible as, uh, as we atheists like to do point out the Bible and say look at the shit that's in here people really take a look well there's a lot of people who's like oh well the New Testament is supposed to invalidate the Old Testament it's a very, very, very popular line of reasoning, and uh, it's simple to really indict that because there are literally passages that says from Jesus that he's not here to uh, to get rid of the laws of the Pentateuch. That's the 613 fucking commandments in the Old Testament that tell you to do things like how to sell your daughter to slavery, how to kill your children who curse you, and uh, and you might think to yourself, well, isn't 
isn't the message of Jesus a moral improvement over the uh, over the other one? Well, philo- philosophically speaking, no, because the concept of hell is is a horrible bargain that kind of weighs in this whole um, love your neighbor as thyself, but still they are condemned to hell if it turns out that they don't share the same fate as you. So show them kindness for now, for, for now, but God will basically make them burn in hell. So that is not a moral uh, improvement. Even though you could say, well, there's, 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 um, you know, the golden rule, for instance, makes it in the New Testament. That's not part of the Old Testament. That itself is nothing new, by the way. Anybody that that believes that Jesus came up with the golden rule, I'm like, you need to seriously study history, folks. It's been around for a very long time. It's a, it's actually a strategy that's employed in nature. It's, it's not a human invention. Tit for tat, something for something else. Treat a person as you want to be treated. Yeah, that's uh, that's nothing new. It's been going on for quite some fucking time. Uh, so, number 47, so this is in no particular order, by the way. Number 47 is he said that his followers uh, would cast out devils, speak in tongues, handle snakes, and drink poison. You remember, like, sometimes you hear, like, snake handlers, like, a, as a religion. Does this sound familiar to you? Uh, vaguely. It's a it's a relatively small Pentecostal, like, uh, uh, movement, uh, like, movement. It's not particularly popular because the churchgoers like to handle snakes as a test of faith because this is what this is what Jesus said and these signs shall follow them that believe in my name shall they cast out devils Uh, they shall speak with new tongues they shall take up serpents and if they drink any deadly thing it shall not hurt them they shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover so this is a Jesus says you're gonna get superpowers if you are really one of my followers. And these people put their faith like where to their the mouth is. Oh, yeah, man. That's why a lot of them uh, tend to die, because the snake will bite them, or they'll drink poison. They'll be like, I'll be fine. And it's, uh, you're not fine. You, dra- you drank poison, you stupid moron. <laughs> so, I mean, it, it kind of goes to show you that the things that are said in the Bible, there are lots of people that take that shit very Seriously, and unlike you, maybe a moderate who thinking to yourself, "Oh well, <laughs> those are just some wacky things that some people say." But surely, no one really believes that you can drink poison when you uh, believe in Jesus. Uh, that's not what some people believe. Yeah, but that's what I mean. It's like when I talk about Jesus being an okay guy, it's because Jesus as a character, not as he really is, uh, not as the like, say, Santa Claus. To the Saint Nicholas that you would read you on as Wikipedia, a, as, a, as a Jesus as Sunday a co- school fucking uh, as, as, t- as, as, as a caricature, as as the the 21st century pop icon that he as is, as the hippie that he that he quite clearly is, because you know the, the how what Jesus is like has really changed over the decades. I think the le- the last Jesus iteration is really a 70s child, right? That's how we view it, right? That's the that's the that's the Jesus that has come through, but before then. Uh, he was a vastly different Jesus. He was a Jesus to the kind of needs that people have. It's just it turns out that now the our parents are dying hippies, and they're the ones who believe in fucking Jesus. And guess what their Jesus is like? A fucking hippie. Even dresses like one. Probably smells like one. <laughs> With ancient patchoulis. Mm. B- b- in vain masking his body odor. <laughs> And the last one, I, I already mentioned this one, number 35, which is he's going to kill billions of people with his sickle. So I'll, I'll read you what the Revelation passage is. It says that upon the cloud, one sat like unto the Son of Man, having on his head a golden crown, and in his hand a sharp sickle. And then he sat on the cloud, thrust in his sickle on the earth, and the earth was reaped. 
and the winepress was trodden without the city, and blood came out of the winepress, even unto the horses' bridles, by the spaces of a thousand and six hundred furlongs. So he's going to crush us like grapes. Right. It's funny, too, because I've been reading that passage in different Bibles, and in some of the, some of the more uh, newer versions, they try to say, oh, and the grapes... It's it's really you're, they're mashing grapes, but blood's coming out. And I'm like, uh, no, it's it's quite clear from that imagery that it's people being put in wine presses and squooshed, uh, and and essentially just you know ground out and blood everywhere, like as if it's wine. And uh, these are this is the kind of sick imagery that uh, is disgusting. I like the the one where they talked about how Jesus was against marriage, like don't get married. And uh, it included a, a verse from Luke, I believe it was, where it was where he just straightforward saying, you want to be with me, don't fucking get married. Yep. And and that was a, a big component of Christianity for like the first six centuries. It's really funny how they pretend we're like, we're family first, <laughs> you fucking Or no, they, they, they talk about how God, you know, how God is involved in your marriage and everything like that and the only reason god got involved in marriage is because it was a great way to control people that's when they got into the the marriage business i think that we should indict people who are uh you know the faithful who are like marriage is between a man and a woman it's like jesus was against marriage bitch <laughs> says so right here so don't get married let gay people get married. And you can just have a you just have your God union. And we've got we've got historic proof of how how Christianity back when it started, you know, when it was really pure, <laughs> right? The true faith, the true faith, not this watered down crap. And you know what? the The whole thing about Revelation and this kind of remind this brings me back to the book that I received from the guy. And and the one thing, the message that always comes out, it's almost, uh, you know, to the point where it's just it's annoying. They say that man, the, it's basically this is the end times as man's self-rule ends. That's really what ends because they don't they don't say, for instance, that all life ends or all blah blah blah. They're like your rule, as in you're able to dictate for yourself what you do with your life. That ends when Jesus comes back because that now he's Lord. You better listen to the Lord. And for me, you know what that is? That's a kind of slave fantasy. That's, that's what I call like this fantasy of not having to make any fucking decisions in your life, of being able to be told what to do. You know, the kind of weird fetishes that people have is like, whip me with this fucking thing and call me, uh, call me your slave. Mm -hmm. I think that there's part of that is not just sexual. Many of us have kind of slave fantasies where we just don't have to worry about shit. We think, we think let's, let's give ourselves up to this benevolent dictator. But uh, like Christopher Hitchens said, it's... Heaven is nothing but a benevolent North Korea. It it doesn't sound very interesting to anybody. And uh, they don't have a lot of answers to the important uh, situations that tend to arise in real life. Uh, they don't have any answers. They they just have these weird certainties about uh, fairy tales. That's scary. Uh, speaking about scary individual, let's talk about this 16-year-old kid by the name of Brian Skibetta. And Brian is convinced that he can talk to God. And for $150 an hour, you can be one of his clients and he can tell you what God knows. Because he, as he specifies, he will not read your mind. No, no, no. That would actually be harder. You know, that's, that's tricks that... Well, that's ridiculous. That's, that's tricks that fucking magicians, cold readers have to take decades to, to harness well. For him, it's like, I'm just going to tell you what God thinks. The easier version of this trick. Anybody out there who's kind of like familiar with cold reading and like 
maybe even takes a passion to it. You're going to hate this fucker because he doesn't even do it. It's not even a trick, man. That's how lame it is. He just sits down and person's like, how's my mom going to do? God says that she's going to be fine. Okay, next question. You know, <laughs> There's not even anything impressive happening. I just love the fact that it's so obviously... not. I don't want to say a scam because who knows what the fuck's going on in this kid's head. But it's such woo. I mean, to begin with, the kid got into this. This is how the kid got into it. He was an unpopular, awkward, shy teenager... Uh, uh, who has ADD and is on Ritalin, and his mom sends him to some weird fucking camp where there's like a, yeah, psychic, psychic, camp. a psychic reader who brings this kid up. Who looks ridiculous. Who yeah. looks ridiculous. He has this weird white wig that makes him look literally like Bozo the Clown. He, he's wearing, uh, he reminds me of, what was that, that alien in the Jetsons? Uh, or, or was it on the, the Flintstones, the one that would, would appear? And he the, had great, a, the Great Gazoo? I don't know, but he had that gigantic helmet on his head, right? This guy looks like the Great Gazoo with the giant helmet of hair. And he brings this kid up and, and says, I feel, I feel an aura around this kid. Uh, he's going to read some of your futures. And the kid did so well that now that's his, his fucking path. So basically another scam artist showed him a little bit, made him believe that he could fucking do it, and now he does it. And when he talks to people, he talks about auras and lights, and he feels this and that about them. He talks about, he's got statues of Buddha. Well, listen, listen, this is what he Krishna says. Krishna in his apartment. He's not saying that he's just going to talk to only your God. Here are the following gods that he can connect with. Buddha, Jesus Christ, Muhammad, the Virgin Mary, all of the saints, Ganesha, and all who have departed this earth, just to name a few. That's from his own website. So apparently he has a direct line to absolutely everyone. And uh, he, so you just need to pay him some money. So he's equal opportunity. So if, oh, a, yeah. if a Hindu comes to him, he can, he can talk to Ganesh. And if a, and if an, uh, a Muslim wants to simultaneously um, murder an apostate and find out what the great Mohammed has to say. <laughs> <laughs> and so he can t I, don't know, I don't actually know anybody who would ask him to talk to Mohammed. I don't even really, I can't even think why anybody would ask that. Well, there's a video, video of him up on the internet talking to people, and I just feel bad for how gullible these people are. I feel, I feel angry because the, the story appeared in Friendly Atheist, it's, but it's, it's actually from a new story. Uh, or partial news story yeah, for this like, really like, shitty show. Some NB, some local NBC affiliate on their news show, they they gave this guy, and, and they gave him lots of press. They, so much press. They're like, if you want to communicate with him, and you know it's that journalistic thing that's so annoying where they're like, well, let's try to provide both sides of the story, which they don't even try to do. You know who they talk to as sort of like to ask, well, what about the supposed power? A woman who calls him an indigo child, all right? What is an indigo child? It's this ridiculous belief that some New Agers have that some humans are evolving and tapping into their psychic powers and uh, are therefore more psychically aware. So this is what her explanation is. Is there anybody here saying this is stupid? No, th there's not even anyone saying that to begin with. And you shouldn't even make a news story about it unless it's scam artist 16-year-old and mother arrested. That's a story. That's a fucking story that I would stick to. That would be a story that I would enjoy hearing. <laughs> but, I mean, look at it like this. If you, want to, if you want to look at it from a point of view of he's charging $150 an hour, uh, you know, high-end uh, psychiatrist or something like that charging similar, at least these dumb people have somebody to talk to. $150 an hour. I'm just going to say it again. <laughs> okay, you know, before we go, there's, there's a big headline I want to talk about. And uh, that, that was, I don't know if most of you remember this, but NASA had announced a little while ago that they were going to make a big, 
Like they had a, they they called a press conference and there was a bunch of speculation. Be oh. like, holy shit, what's going to happen? I, what has NASA announced? I was hoping it was going to be about uh, finding like potential bacteria out in space. That's right. what I thought. Well, they were talking about it was going to be like something about new life. It is about that, and this is what the headline is. And I'm going to be explaining uh, a little bit um, more into details. If you really want a good rundown, Feringula has the rundown on what this piece of news is. Him being a biologist, and yeah, all. that kind of helps. But I'm going to give you the fast version because you're. That's what you want to hear. Essentially what happened is that there was a, a scientist, or really this one chick scientist, uh, managed to take a type of bacteria and get it to essentially mastitize uh, arsenic rather than phosphorus. See, there's this, there's this basic contention that life needs to have the six basic components, or I think it's five or six basic components, I think it's six. And those components are like, you know, carbon, water. It's just you need to have these basics if you want life. And our, our search for extraterrestrial life is based on these assumptions. That's why I've always thought that the numbers were bullshit, because I thought those assumptions were pretty uh, big assumptions. Well, the problem is when, you're making, when you make those kinds of assumptions, the equipment that you go out is looking for things that are uh, contingent on those assumptions. And sometimes you can have just incomplete assumptions, which is what... This is kind of suggesting, but here's the deal, all right? They took bacteria and they, they trained it. They, 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 they selectively bred it, if you want, to be able to uh, absorb uh, that arsenic, to use that arsenic where it, could, it would instead use phosphorus to replicate itself. And they managed to, it managed to start doing it. Now, it wasn't completely all arsenic that it was using. And the inference here is that, well, if they're able to go this far, then there's no reason to think that it's not possible for it to be entirely arsenic. It just might take a long time uh, for you know, that particular life form to evolve to do that. So that's the big deal. That's a really cool and exciting part because it puts into question that fundamental belief that there's you know, essential components to life. We could say maybe those components are not as necessary as we assumed, and that can kind of trigger all kinds of new searches and, and new speculations and new assumptions about life. Well, I, you know, I always love it when we find out that life is a lot hardier than we thought it was. There was that time when they were, when they were digging down into, was it, was it one of the poles? And, and they had dug really deep to where there should be no fucking life, and they had the camera down there, and all of a sudden this little shrimp, Started swimming around the fucking camera lens, and the scientists were like, "What?" <laughs> yeah, well, that changes some things. Yeah, well, it's it's we're always uh, in in science. You're you're cautious about what you're going to say, right? Because you just don't you don't want to make a crazy statement and then look foolish. So you're you're just going to err on the side of caution and say, "Well, it's unlikely that there's going to be life there." But and we're always surprised. That's the cool thing about it. The only time. We have not been surprised is when there's no abundance of water. That so far is like that big kicker. Mm. You know, you're just like, no water, no life. No water, no life. But uh, like I said, we're surprised. When, when, when the very bacteria that they used is this kind of bacteria that grows at the bottom of this extremely acidic lake. <laughs> so they already used a tough fucking bacteria to begin with. So it's it's not like it's a primordial soup kind of bacteria. It's you know this is still stuff that shares as much of an evolutionary history as we do practically. Actually, I think it's younger. <laughs> so this is a much more young. This is a younger form of life, but it's just to tell us to teach us about this this or or to remove these kinds of notions that we have about what is necessary uh, for life to to form. And also, it kind of brings back. To, it harkens back to that whole idea of maybe life is much more contingent than we imagine, and where else could it grow? Where the fuck else could there be life? 
And you know, I I always said if there was one science that I want uh, would would love to 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 be part of, and I can't because it's too early. I would have been an astrobiologist because that's fucking that would have been the most exciting career. It's, it doesn't exist yet. Okay, this kind of science is to try to promote this. So while we should be excited about it, I don't want anybody overplaying it because if you read some of the fucking articles, they made it seem like new life discovered. Because what are what did journalists do? What, what did we just have that conversation? They're trying to chase page views and they, stuff. Yeah, that's right. They try to chase page view page views. So uh, credibility kind of goes out the window. But we should still be excited about that shit because that means that means a lot to us who actually care about science. If you're if if you wanted to have some kind of like new answers to the quest of in your quest to understanding life, this will not do it. We're we're we don't care about those questions. We just want to find life on other fucking planets, and that's what I would have fucking loved to do, man. That's just like bam, awesome science. Maybe in a hundred years. <laughs> maybe, <laughs> just maybe. Okay. Well, before we go, I'd like to uh, remind everybody. Um, that, uh, like I said before at the beginning of the show, there, there's going to be that change. I don't want you to forget about it. And yeah, if, if all of a sudden you're not getting shows in the feed, come to the site, get the new feed, you'll be all set up. Yeah, and uh, and you'll you can take the time to also check out the new site. There, there's going to be additions made bit by bit. Obviously, the facelift. But there's going to be lots of new little components and lots of little stuff that coming up, in, including ways to uh, to entice you to, towards uh, towards membership. I, I'm going to offer kind of like the the regular one, the twenty dollars a year is not going to go away. But I'm really trying to push hard for the sixty dollar uh, a year version or five dollars a month, and I'm going to be trying to sweeten the deal with a whole bunch of cool free stuff like that you will get. So I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna basically pressure you. Is it still technically free if people have to pay for it? Mm, I guess not. <laughs> but uh, you know, when you try to market something, you have to just say this will be free once you pay. Huh? <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. Well, that's just the world of business. That's the world of business. Okay, with that, my name is Jacob Forte. And I'm Ryan Harkness. Have a good atheist day, everybody.